Hello, everybody. Hey, listen, I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that you are prepared for, I would say, the future? Um, and the reason why I ask that question is because surely in the time that we're in, a lot of people are really not prepared when they talk about the end of life. They, they, are, they are preparing for what their job might be next. We're preparing for what our children might be doing after they graduate. We're preparing for all of these different pieces. But there's something that's very important about preparing for when we pass away. The reality is all of us is going to. But what are we going to be able to do for those that we leave behind? And that's what I want to make sure that we talk about today. I have someone on today that's going to help us so, so much. And I cannot wait to get into this conversation. I hope that you're excited just like I'm excited. So let's go ahead and dive right in. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing. With Anchor, I found that. I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or I might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. Hello and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. I am your host, Hiram Roche. And on this platform, we highlight ways where we where men can be able to get the goals, the tools and things that they need to be able to experience greatness in their everyday life. And today is none other one of those beautiful days that we're going to give you some tools that you need, that all of us need, no matter if you're male, female, old, young, we all need these tools that we're going to talk about today. But before we dive into this conversation, I want to make sure if you're watching this live, if you are listening for the very first time, make sure that you are subscribed. You can subscribe on Google, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or all the other hundreds of platforms that's out there, because I want to make sure that you're able to gather these tools, take them while you're on a walk. I know for me, if I'm walking somewhere or I might be in my car or exercising, there are different things things that I use to take advantage of using these moments of listening to a podcast that I can continue to encourage myself, educate myself, learn the things that I need so I can become better every single day. Now, before we jump in, make sure you share, make sure you are following and make sure that you like. There is someone else other than just yourself that needs to learn this information. So don't be stingy. Make sure you share it and let's get this word out. If you are now excited like I am and trying to be in anticipation of this conversation, do me a favor, show some love. If you're driving in your car, tap the top of your steering wheel. If you're walking, don't be the weird person. Just tap your hands together and welcome for me, Miss Jennifer O'Brien. How are you doing, ma'am? Hi, hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a part of this wonderful conversation that I know we're about to have. Uh, can you do me a favor before we start? Kind of introduce yourself a little bit to the people, to the audience, and then we will go from there. 
Sure. I am coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, which is uh, under underrated by by many. Um, <laughs> flyover. <laughs> Most people don't even run a bother, but it but it's a it's a hidden it's a is a best kept secret in the U.S. It's a quaint little community. And um, my sort of background professionally is in teaching physicians the leadership and um, business side of their organizations. Um, they've been doing that for 35 years. I started when I was 12. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but anyway, I have been doing that for a while. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I am excited to have you on and excited to be able to have this beautiful conversation that we're about to dive into. Um, so let's do this. Let's kind of give some history behind what we're going to talk about today uh, and then kind of just build from there. Can you just give yes. us some history and let's start from the top? Yeah. And this goes back a little bit, if you'll indulge me. Um, when mm -hmm. I was 18 and I, and I went away to college, went away from home for the first time, um, my only sibling, my brother David, who was 13, um, was in a motorcycle accident and um, he was um, uh, had a brain injury and he didn't die right away. Um, he was in a coma for three weeks and then there was no brain activity. And so they um, my parents had to make the heart wrenching decision to extubate him. And um, and so I started my adulthood the end of I ended my childhood and began my adulthood, you know, with this just profound, devastating loss. Right. Um, uh, yeah. And so um, th that's uh, important because it's sort of a foundation. Some years later, my mother got pancreatic cancer and died. And yeah. so that when uh, about, I don't know, let's see, 12 or 13 years ago when I was down here in Little Rock, I'm, I'm from, <laughs> I'm from, from all over, but I, I most recently was from Chicago. The, I'm originally and most recently from the Chicago area. And I was down here doing one of my interim CEO positions for a very large orthopedic surgery practice when I stayed in town over the weekend and went to an art gallery opening and met this guy. His name was Bob Lemberg, and he um, was a physician who had been um, a plastic and reconstructive surgeon for 30 plus years. And then because of a neck injury and, and the pain from that ne neck injury, he couldn't um, you know, do microsurgery, you have to sort of hold a certain position mm. and it was very painful. So he couldn't do surgery anymore. So he had chosen to retrain. He could have retired, but he mm -hmm. chose to retrain in hospice and palliative care, um, wow. which is a, yeah, right. It's a specialty of medicine that says basic palliative care does not mean you're dying. Palliative mm -hmm. care means you have a serious condition or illness that is causing you to need extra help. Um, to need, Tony Romo had um, palliative care when he had his spine injury, right? Mm -hmm. it, is a, mm -hmm. it is an interdisciplinary team, a physician, an advanced practice nurse, a social worker, and a chaplain that help people who have a severe injury or illness say, okay, I, I need to get readjusted here with this new mm -hmm. life. Then if things progress and the person and there are no treatments left like cancer or something like that, um, mm -hmm. and palliative care can help have some conversations about about end of life and um, and and within that can can refer you to hospice. So it's a combined specialty. It's an interdisciplinary team. Well, you can imagine um, that that was really meaningful to me because he. Mm -hmm. Right. He was doing for families like mine what mm -hmm. what I knew we had needed in the past. And besides, he was super cute and very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so we fell crazy in love. It was really good. And um, we got <laughs> married and we had this lovely um, life. He was mm -hmm. on faculty at our med school here in um, Little Rock. And I continued to do what I do. And we just I mean, really, it, it just. I can't even begin to describe how content we were. Um, 
And, um, and, and a few years into it, he found a couple of lumps on the left side of his neck. And we went through some diagnostics and learned that it was a metastatic um, uh, stage four clear cell carcinoma, and it was already fairly advanced. And so, right, so instantly now this thing that he has been helping other people with over so many years is now on us. Um, And and that, uh, that was pretty pretty extraordinary. Um, On the one hand, we had some insights that Mm -hmm. other folks don't have, right? Because I had them from my personal background. He certainly had them from his professional background. Um, On the other hand, you know, we, we knew some stuff that, (laughs) that other people don't know in in, in a way that's a little, you know, sort of rougher. And Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, so I started I'm a self-taught collage artist mm-hmm. and I started keeping an art journal to um, just mm. as a form of self-care, right? right. Just kind of um, what, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And, um, and I kept it. Uh, he lived for 22 months following the diagnosis. Okay. Um, and, and I continued with the journal probably about a year and a half after he died, mm. um, at which point I was doing yet a different um, interim CEO position for a large practice. That's what I do. I go in for a couple of years, help turn the battleship, and then hire my replacement and get out. That's just whatever. My, my, <laughs> my so, um, so I was working for another one of these really big practices. This one was multi-specialty and a, and a neurologist that I was working with was telling me how he was in the process of um, diagnosing three different patients with ALS, which is, mm. which is a, you know, a devastating um, neurological mm. disorder that the, that the person will die from. Right. And so I brought my journal into this doctor and he took it home and he came back the next morning and he's like jennifer you are not getting your journal back i'm going to <laughs> i know right i'm gonna loan it to these patients and their families and you need to figure out how to get that thing published because that that journal helps close the gap between mm-hmm. what i can do for the patient and what that family caregiver really needs because wow. right there's there's two different huge sort of things going on with those yeah. two different people there 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 is the person who's got the disease and there is the person who loves them and is going to take care of them and yeah. Yeah. and sometimes those things collide in a difficult way um mm-hmm. do- the doctor can certainly really only focus on the patient um um Palliative care can focus a little bit more on mm-hmm. the family and the caregiver. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you can imagine what that did, right? Like my yeah. little my little art journal turns <laughs> out it might actually help somebody. So I go to work and find a um, publisher, which I can't tell you was easy. Um, mm-hmm. But I did find a small press here in Little Rock that was willing to take a chance on it. Mm-hmm. And so it was released um, at the end of February, 2020, and it has helped a lot of people yeah. and it has won four awards. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. So it's really, it's really extraordinary. I mean, it's just crazy story. Crazy. So yeah. I was telling someone last night, um, if Bob were alive, <laughs> he would be like, Okay, Jen, you do this little book, but you know I don't want you to be hurt if nobody buys it, and if, you know it, whatever. And it, it turns out that it, uh, yeah, it actually has been helpful to a lot of people. Well, let me. There's so many pieces in your story. I mean, I know uh, there's so many dynamics in this in your story, and I think the beauty of of this, I guess you would say, is that literally the thing that you are doing, and I'm guessing you are doing it more for you, put it, you know, creating all this, putting this stuff together, putting these, it was more a comfort for you just to have it, uh, just to document these things. Um, and now the thing that you used as your comfort 
is now something that is healing people. Um, so I want to ask on two sides. So I want to ask on one on 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 the shock value of this. How does this? How do you now look at this? Like now at this point, okay, this book is out. It's selling out. It's helping people. Like in your mind, how are you putting that part together? And then we'll dive some more uh, into it. Is is it still a shock value to you? Are you are is it still melting your heart? Is it uh, like how are you? What are you? How are you experiencing or expressing in this moment? This yeah, um, I think the latter. That behind every single person who buys this book, there there was a a person. Uh, they had in mind when they bought it. Um, usually, um, my experience in the, in the feedback I've received is that people buy it as a gift. Um, you know, they're good friends. Um, mom just got a bad diagnosis or husband or mm. wife, whatever. Yeah. And they, they want to do something which is common. We all want to do something. And that this book is really turning out to be a very tangible thing that not only is in it, it. And if I do say so myself, it's beautiful. I mean, mm -hmm. it, and it's wonderful to hold. It's a hardback. It's eight by 10. It's premium color. It's mm -hmm. art, right? So, mm -hmm. so it's very comforting to hold this book. So, so they buy it as a gift. Um, mm -hmm. Frequently, I am told that they read it because it's also not very long. It's a it's mm -hmm. uh, eighty five pages that okay. they kind of flip through it or read through it and end up having to buy a second one for themselves because <laughs> they, because they like it. But which is great, great problem to have. Um, yes, it is. Yes, yes. But but my back to my original point is that there there's a person yeah. that is going through what I went through. Yeah. Um, the, who is who is taking care of a person that they love who is slipping away, mm. you know, before their very eyes. Right. And right. there are parts of that that are, um, you know, there are moments of that that are that are absolutely beautiful. There mm -hmm. are moments of that that are excruciating. Um and uh, and so I, I feel for for every every single book that sells, there's someone behind it that is um, that needs it or learns from it in a way that they can support someone else who who needs it. So so it's it's more about that. Um, and I'm fortunate enough that a lot of people um, either write Amazon reviews or mm -hmm. track me down and, and I mean, track me down, whatever, go to my website, <laughs> that hard, um, go to my website and, and write me a note about, about it. So, so yeah. it's, it's much more the, the people, um, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 what's a bigger deal for me. That's great. Now for yeah. those that are listening and those that are watching, I want you to, we're going to dive more into this book. Um, so you can kind of get more, but in the entry, you can already tell that not only is this book going to be a heartfelt book that you're going to get, um, because you're getting, you're getting a book in the midst of the experience. Right. So this is not something that is like, oh man, I just thought this was a great idea to put together. Right. Uh, you're getting it in the process. You're getting it while you are personally going through these moments. Yeah. Um, and so for all of us, I believe that this book is going to be helpful and impactful. Uh, and so again, we're going to get, we're going to dive more into the book. I know we are. Um, but my question is how, what made you start it? Like, I understand the experience. I know, you know, you, you have now met the greatest man of the world. Uh, you had you you are having the best moments of your life. Um, and just like you said, in, in the midst of all of that, at a at a literally at a, at a moment, it all starts to transition. But what made you say, let me do this? Oh, thank you for asking that. No one has asked asked me that, and I and I I love that question because the answer is, um, when when I think about it, uh, the answer is, um, he his wisdom mm -hmm. and the insights that he offered patients and their families mm -hmm. 
is what made me do it. I, I wanted to um, put down uh, what, what that was. I mean, per perhaps um, if I, if I, if I may, mm -hmm. um, the um, page three, which looks like that for anybody who's watching the, the video mm -hmm. um, says, precious time. He has helped families to understand by telling them they were into precious time, meaning death is likely, if not imminent. Precious time is when you say what you need to say and you don't say what you will later regret. Now it is us. We are into precious time. He is going to die of this disease and I will go on and have to live with how I handled our precious time. So, right. So he, wow. used, yeah. So he used to tell patients and they're moreover, their families, this is where you are, wow. you know, because, because yeah. a lot of physicians won't tell the family, won't tell anybody, won't tell the patient, yeah. won't tell the family that the person is, is dying. And, right. and what that makes for then is regret because there are things that you might have said there are reflections that y'all might have shared yep. and you didn't get that chance because we're so afraid in our society and in healthcare to talk about you know the obvious which yeah. is that at the end of life comes death i i have um so to answer your question there's that and there's another page in there that's also sort of documents his approach, he would say to patients, he would tell patients about his own parents. Mm. Um, both of them lived into their 90s. He said, my father said early on, the minute I start to show decline, make me comfortable and let me go. You know, just keep me comfortable right. until right. I die. Yeah. His mother wanted every imaginable legal life extending measure she didn't care what it was everything and he, he said would, i want to be here as long right, as possible. that's right i want yeah. you to pump everything into me and pull it out and all that sort of stuff right and he would say to patients we honored both their wishes hmm. right because the right answer when it comes to advanced care planning is your answer no right. judgment as to whether you want every machine every you know medical support machine known to man mm -hmm. or you want none of it that's not the issue the issue is have the conversation and make it clear to someone else who you trust so that that can be carried out yeah yeah, yeah. and i love that i and that's one of the when when not only when i was looking at um your information and you're looking at your website uh i was listening i was looking at the story and i'm like what made her put this together? <laughs> like, because I'm thinking in my own thought process. Um, you know, I, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was sharing with him going back in the memory of when my grandmother passed. Uh, you know, my grandmother passed actually in my auntie's home. So we had the moment of being able to see her, you know, transition and, you know, go through all those different stages. And as I was thinking about that, I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't have thought about in these moments putting together her wisdoms or, you know, and putting together her tools. Um, but but on the other end of it, it's like, I'm grateful that you did. Right. Because now there's so many people that get to gain those wisdoms um, that he left behind. And now they're able to get the comfort and they have the right thing to be able to do. Now we know what to do in this moment that can be able to help us in the end. And so I want to ask for you, we not just per se about the book, but through the experience, you've had multiple different experiences, um, you know, but specifically with this experience, what was the lesson that you got for you out of it? What was the lesson that I got for me? Um, yeah, the 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 lesson. Well, I, I'm not sure there was just one. Um, 
One of the lessons certainly was this, um, and it's 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 early on in the book, all in my journal also mm -hmm. is that we are going through two different processes. Mm. He is dying. I am surviving. Yeah. Um, and what we did to that was to that end in every way. We, the other, some of the other more practical things that I listed in the book were all of, all of the really practical things we did to prepare mm -hmm. for his yeah. death and my survivorship. Um, and, mm. and, uh, but there, there was a there actually early on. It was a a big argument about a stupid little thing, basically, is what it was. And um, as and thankfully, it was early. It was about two three weeks after the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Get in this big argument about a stupid thing, and I sort of kind of retreat to my little corner and realize, wait a minute this, you know, this is two different, we're going through two different processes. Um, mm -hmm. And I, uh, he's dying and I'm surviving. And what was so important mm -hmm. about that was that, that in that realization, um, knowing that I would go on and have to live with right. what I had done and how I had handled myself. Yeah. And, um, and so that, yeah, that was probably the biggest sort of epiphany for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Um, in this process. And I, I, when I'm listening to you, I keep just hearing that statement, he's dying and I'm surviving. I'm there's, there's, there's this, there is a major two different perspectives. Right. There's, and they overlap, right? right I they mean, really they're, do. they're completely intertwined and yet they are, they are two distinctly different yeah, ends yeah. that were headed toward. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, you was you're hitting exactly what I wanted. So you're straight, yeah. and that's really when I when you said that, that's the thought that came to mind. These, at the end of the day, they are intertwined, but at the same time, separately, they're two different things. And you're planning on continuing, and he's planning on leaving. And it's all in the same motion, the same mode. Um, there's now separate emotions. There's it's a lot of different factors in in those in that time period. Um, and yet, the only way we can do it is if we do it together. I mean, it, really, that's the only way it works. Believe yeah. me, there were um, days, and some of them are sort of documented in the book. There, mm -hmm. yeah, actually, there's a couple of pages where. I was at my wits end. Um, I, I was, I more than once was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, when I tell you it's hard, there are prior to COVID, there was a report that came out. There are 53 million family caregivers in the U S that was wow. prior to COVID prior to COVID, right? 53 million people are doing what I did. Um, and some for longer and some for shorter and not everyone is dying in their care, but eventually they will. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and most of them will, the average caregiving duration is 4.5 years. So mm -hmm. typically at the end of that, the person has died. Right. Um, but there were moments where I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And, right. and so I would play out like, so, so what happens if I run away? Right. Mm. Like, well, here's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel like crap. Right. He still dies. And I feel even worse. Right. Yeah. That, that's yeah. so good. Right. That, yeah. If I run away, it doesn't change. It only makes my future worse because yeah. I will know that I ran away in the yeah. wor at the worst possible time. So, so yeah, but I, but I had those moments. I had I had plenty of those moments and I and I wrote about them and that's I think the other thing that some people are finding really comforting about the book is the is sort of the raw honesty that's in it about there were moments and and you know, there's always one caregiver that folks are that the person, the patient is a little tougher on. And and that's who I was. You know, Bob Bob had been a Baylor trained surgeon. He had, I mean, he was very sweet to me, but when mm -hmm. he felt like, you know, poo, when he felt bad physically, 
Right. Like we and all do, sure, right? Yeah, he yeah. could be really short tempered and mm -hmm. that was all directed at me. And uh, I became, <laughs> I became a much nicer person than I really am. <laughs> and I just sort of sucked it up and didn't, you know, I didn't engage because I kept right. thinking after that one argument, you know, how am I going to feel if I, if I let this get to me and get into a stupid little argument? Yeah. But no, I also... Sorry. Go ahead. Please finish. Go. Go. I want to stress to your listeners that mm -hmm. while this particular book and story is, you know, post-diagnosis, after we've gotten Bob's diagnosis, um, we had done, we had had a lot of really good conversations about what we both wanted and didn't want in terms of end-of-life care prior to him getting sick. And that is important because once somebody gets sick, mm -hmm. those conversations, things go sideways. Whether, yeah. I mean, here we were, right? The hospice doctor and his wife. I mean, you, whose wife who's lost just about every member of her family already, right? right? You, can, right. You, can, you can't get any more sort of personally and professionally prepared than we were. Mm -hmm. And it was still hard. Yeah. There were still decisions to be made about treatments. There were still there was still a lot to do. Thank goodness we had already, you know, been very open about yeah. our plans. We had documented our advanced um, our advanced healthcare directives. Mm -hmm. We had assigned uh, healthcare proxies and and as each other, of course, is the healthcare mm -hmm. proxy. But then backup healthcare proxies because you you need an alternate. Um, mm -hmm. And so yeah, so we we had done all that, and and it was and we were who we were, and it was still yeah. hard. So please, yeah. please, please, you know, do not write off this little podcast as well. That woman's husband was sick, and so right. she had a reason to do it. My you know my loved ones are all well. Um, mm -hmm. do it while talk about it while everyone is still well, um, because it will happen, you know, right. it will happen. Yeah. The, the, the tr what I call the triad of certainty is mm -hmm. at the end of life comes death. There are no do-overs in right. end of life Yeah, and changed mm -hmm. forever. The loved ones remain and remember. You will remember this for the rest of your life. Just like you remember the day your babies were born, you will remember the days that you lost your loved ones. You will remember how it went. Wow. And if you have done some work on it, if you have done some prep work, and if you have had some open conversations about it, um, then hopefully you will have what I had, which was love and grief and bereavement, yeah. not confusion and hand-wringing and would he want this or would he want that? Yes. None of that. I had none of that stuff. I, I, knew, I knew my transition. I knew what he wanted. I was able to advocate for what he wanted in terms of his end-of-life care. And then I he basically planned his own memorial service. So I transitioned from caregiver to griever in, in, a, in a really seamless sort of way. Was it any less sad? Absolutely not. Still miss him every single day. Yeah. But I don't have, but I've had a chance to really, to really grieve him. And instead of just be overwhelmed with paperwork and financial stuff and all this other stuff that comes with end of life um, yeah. that most people do not prepare for. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that piece up because I think sometimes when we think about planning, surely when we're talking about planning for death, we only, like you stated, we only look at that when a scenario happens. Um, you know, when that person is sick and now it's like, oh man, now we need to be looking into, you know, planning all of these pieces. Um, but for me, surely in the season that we're in right now with the chaotic uh, piece that we're sitting in, I think that we have to start thinking ahead. Um, uh, just recently, I experienced, I had my little stint of having COVID. Oh, wow. Um, and so uh, me and my friend, we were talking and he asked the question. He said, well, while you was going through, what was going through your mind? And, 
you know, were you thinking about where you're going to live? You know, like, how did you know go through that? And so I said, no, I wasn't per se thinking about, am I going to live or am I going to die? Every day was just, can I do better today? It was just a day by day process. But one of the things that I was comforted with was I have insurance. My family's going to be good. They don't have to stress over these processes because we have steps in place. We have things in place. So if something happens to me, then like you said, they'll hurt. It'll hurt. Right. You know, they're, they, they're still going to be sad, but it's not going to be piled on top of all of that. Okay. What's the next step? Oh, he didn't have, I don't know. Where's this? And you, know, It's like, we have to be able to have some form of plan and idea and conversation about this. And this is really why I said, I have to have her on because I think it's, I think when it's almost like it's a scary conversation to have. It's not only scary, but it's a series of conversations. It's not right. one conversation. Um, yeah. it, it's a series of conversations for most for most people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure, at least initially, mm -hmm. it was not a series. When Bob and I were both well, uh, it was not necessarily a series. We were we were both very well versed, and we you know were pretty clear about what we wanted and what we didn't right. want. But for most people. Um, it's a serious, it's a serious conversation. You're exactly right. It's a difficult conversation. Yeah. Um, and it is a series. It is, it is not one conversation. I will tell you though, again, have it now when everybody's well, because it, you think it's hard now. Yeah. Wait till someone's sick. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's exceptionally hard and emotional when someone's sick. Yeah. Or injured. You know, that's right. the other thing, you know, right. You may you may be healthy as a horse, but if someone runs a red light, um, you know, you've just been in an accident and you yeah. may be, uh, you know, not able to breathe on your own or yeah. brain brain injured or whatever. And and so you need to have had these conversations and you need to make clear to the people because most of us, a lot of us have. Um, more than one person that surrounds us, right? So we have a spouse, but we also might have living parents or, yeah. you know, siblings yeah. or whatever. And so not, so you're, you're making the conversation, you're, you're clearly designating your, your wishes and making sure that everybody knows who the proxy is. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And actually, you know, the holidays are coming. Thanksgiving is is a great time. I know that sounds really morbid, but it's not. <laughs> Thanksgiving is a great time to devote a short, you know, to, to mm -hmm. vote, devote um, some time yeah. to reflection, right? Mm -hmm. To let's tell some stories of old. Let's right. let's let's do mm -hmm. that. And then yeah. let's look ahead and say, hey, y'all, we need let's let's talk about this. Let's commit to everybody, you know, assigning their healthcare proxy in the next, you know, by the first of the year, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Because, because it really is, there's actually a really fun game. <laughs> Stay with me here. Called, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Called the death deck. And Ooh. yeah, no, really. It's a, it's a, it's a. That's an actual game. Yeah. The death wow. deck, go, the okay. death deck dot com. Okay. And is where you'll find it. And it's about, I think it's 124 cards. You can either play it as a game or mm. use it as stimulation, but just fun questions. Some of them are multiple choice. Some of them mm -hmm. have, you know, serious, couple serious choices and then a kind of semi-silly one, you know, mm. just to kind of get everybody. Um, but it, But it really helps bring the conversation to the forefront um, in a kind of, you know, fun game sort of way. Yeah. Now let me ask this, uh, and I am going to look that up. And, yeah. and so, and I suggest anybody that's listening, uh, <laughs> that you take the time to look it up because again, it, sometimes we do need things that help us have the difficult conversations right. um, that we have to have. Now there are right. some difficult conversations just in regular life, but this conversation we have to have, have to. Um, and so we, whatever things and tools that is needed to be able to help you to do that, you know, let's go ahead and dive in and find that. So, um, so that's one piece. But the other thing is because I want to make sure any person that is listening, 
I don't care if you feel like I, I got time, I'll be okay for a little bit. Or if you are in a serious scenario where you're at a dire need now, because now you've waited and now it's a situation at hand, you know, and now you need to do it no matter what, I need you to do me a great favor. One of the great favors that I need you to do is make sure that you go to Jennifer's page and get this book. So it can help you. It can help you not only say, okay, this is what I need to plan. This is what I need to put together, but it will also help you with the emotional side of what you're going to have to go through, through the process. Um, and so I want to make sure that I, that I say this, I'm going to probably say it again before we get off, don't worry, but I need us to be able to know that this, this is something that is vitally important. And if in any other season, we do not recognize the importance of this, we should see that this season alone is showing us how important having this plan together is for our lives. Um, so I want to I want to ask you, in reference to the book, what specific pieces and tools does your book help or give to be able to help people through this process? Okay, so there's a couple of different things available. I want to make a distinction. The book, mm -hmm. which is called The Hospice Doctor's Widow, a journal, mm -hmm. is for when um, you know when someone is already sick. And mm -hmm. it has some, it has a page in it. I, I would observe how Bob, for example, you know, a physician looks at treatment options. These treatments, mm -hmm. for, especially for cancer, are not easy on the body, right? Mm -hmm. And so I watched how he would make a decision about whether to try a treatment or not. And I distilled that down to language that you and I can understand because we're not uh, doctors. Right? <laughs> yeah. And said, this is, this is how I would watch, you know, this is how he did it. Okay. Um, and so that's in this book. So, so the book is really helpful for somebody who's already sick or okay. for somebody who's taking care of someone who's already sick. Okay. Also on my website mm -hmm. is a free downloadable toolkit called the at peace toolkit, the guide to being at peace with end of life. And that honestly, I will recommend for anyone and everyone, besides it's free, so I, I don't even have to worry about recommending it for anybody who's over 18, right? You know, 18 right. or over needs to have some stuff straightened out. Um, and so it goes through, it's it's a very robust but easy to follow toolkit. One, it, it, it takes you through three steps. One is putting your medical ID in your smartphone um, and making it accessible even when the phone is locked. Uh, mm. This is an important tool for EMTs, for emergency room, for physic, you know, anybody in an emergency situation could, this actually could save your life, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Because, you know, so, so that's the first one is that okay. it, that's the first step. The second step is determining and documenting your advanced healthcare directives, your healthcare proxy, and your backup. And then the third step in this toolkit is just kind of gathering all the paperwork and the account numbers and creating what I fondly call the croak folder or the death dossier, which is just mm -hmm. a single place that has the important stuff, gotcha. um, you know, that, that, that someone will need to, to be able to access if you are incapacitated or if you die or when right. you die. Right. Um, so that, and there is, interestingly enough, there is one other page, just an add-on that is called Conversation Starters. And the death deck is mentioned on that page. There's, you know, movies, um, songs, you know, ways to start the conversation that aren't like, whatever, rough and uh, super serious. Um, anyway, so those are the two, the two tools, the, you know, the book you have to pay for. <laughs> the at peace toolkit. Don't let that deter you. Um, the at peace toolkit is is uh, just will cost you your email address. Um, right. And I, and I and I promise it. I send one little very short uh, newsletter per month. So it's it's not it's not ridiculous. Well, I I hope that for both, not just the free information, but also for the book. Um, Surely, if you are in that situation, if you are in a scenario where at this point of your life or you know someone 
that is going through a point in their life where their spouse um, or family member might be sick. And this will be something that I know will encourage them, will help them um, and give them what they need in this season. Uh, but if you are in a situation or in a spot where you are 18 years and older, you have no excuse of why you cannot go to her website and gather this information so you can start the process now so that you can be able to be prepared when these things do happen. I do know of people that they do not plan. They get all the way to the end everything is done. Now they're looking for paperwork. They don't know if the other person had life insurance or not, because they don't know what the pay, if they had, where the information is. They don't know the bank account information. They don't know any information. Well, perhaps the two most famous people who recently, I mean, recently, last few years, Prince mm -hmm. and Aretha Franklin both died without a will. Yep. You know, that's, <laughs> that's in, I mean, and, and what's crazy about that is, that when you die without a will, your estate, be it this big or be it Aretha Franklin or Prince size, has to go through probate. And yeah. probate, in my state, probate takes 5% of the value of the state. That's what the state gets, no matter what. So, so absolutely do a will. Right. Because why would you, why, why do you want to give the state 5% or in other states, I'm sure it's more right. um, just because, because you didn't plan for something. Wait, stay with me here. You knew was going to happen. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> See, and this is why I had to bring Jennifer because Jennifer is <laughs> going to tell y'all, listen, get your acts together. Let's get, let's do what we have to do uh, because realistically we don't, we don't have any excuse of why we're not ready. We have no excuse of why we're not prepared for when these situations happen. Um, and now we really don't have an excuse because now not only do we not have an excuse because we had this conversation, but now we don't have an excuse because you've given us tools to put everything together. So there's no reason why any listener, any viewer um, cannot be able to walk away and say, oh man, I just don't know what to do. No, we have everything step by for step. you <laughs> so that you can be able to get this information and the things that you need. So I, again, Jennifer, am thankful um, that you took the time, one, to come and talk with me today and have this conversation. But I'm grateful also that you took out the time to make sure that you documented all of this information. Um, and now you're allowing people to get the help and the healing that they need as a result of it. And I'm thankful and grateful for you uh, for doing that. Because that's a, that's a big, huge, big step um, well, to be able to do that. I am absolutely grateful to you for for having me on and and for being willing to to have this conversation because so many people are not and you are doing such a great service to your listeners by by you know being willing to put this topic out there because you know somebody's going to go home after listening to this and say to their spouse or their adult children or whomever Hey, I heard this podcast, and you know we got to get our act together on some stuff, right? And it's gonna yeah. help somebody. There's no question. Yeah, thank you, thank you mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. um, now, before we transition off, um, I take the time to ask all of my guests this one specific question, uh, and so I would love to be able to hear your definition and your answer to this. Um, is what's greatness to you? Well, Hiram, you can imagine what greatness to me is legacy, right? Mm. Is the, is the le you know, Bob, my, my beloved Bob was a great man um, yeah. uh, in, in the everyday, just as you are striving to help your listeners to be. And, um, and he was great in that he prepared, helped me prepare for my future um, mm. after his death. We wow. did it together. Um, so that I knew where everything was and I, and I, and I knew, I knew how to do it and exactly what to do. The best example was over uh, Labor Day weekend, the hot water heater busted. Okay. Mm. 
And because we, he knew that I would not do well in the hundred old year, hundred year old house that we lived in that was mm -hmm. huge. We moved before he died into this condo building and wow. he got me all set up, right? So that I would, I, mm. I had some time with him here and he set me up in a spot. He knew I would be safe and secure. And so when the hot water heater broke on the Sunday morning of Labor Day weekend, I phoned one number and was able to get it taken care of because, because my late husband had some everyday greatness. <laughs> um, and, and, and that everyday greatness was, was legacy that he, yeah. that he took care of me. We took care of each other and he is still taking care of me after his death. Yeah. I, um, okay. So I'll say this before I go. I, I'm a, uh, I'm a cry baby personally. <laughs> and, uh, just thinking about that, um, almost makes me want to cry Yeah, because, that is greatness. I mean, it really yeah. is. Because sometimes in those moments, being honest, some people can be selfish, and they can be thinking, "I'm about to go," so I did it. You know, me, me, me. Um, but his love for you was—I know where I'm going to go, but I need to make sure that you're still good when I'm gone. Um, and to me, that is greatness. That is truly, truly greatness. Uh, so thank you for giving me that definition. I I'm, I want to be like Bob when I grow up. I want to make sure I be like him when I grow up and uh, make sure that I prepare everybody in my house uh, for, for that. So thank you for sharing that. Again, thank you for coming on. Um, for those that are listening, those that are watching, please go into the description. Make sure you check out her website, purchase her book if you're in that season or if you know someone that is, but make sure that if even if you do not hit that other button, I need you to hit that download button and get this information that will help us all become better and make sure that we are prepared for when the end does come. So again, Jennifer, I say thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Y'all can please go on every place, all her, not just her website, go follow her on all of her social media platforms. Um, and she will continue to give you wisdom and insight and tips and different things as we continue to go on in life. Uh, so again, thank you for being a part of this conversation and uh, for all those that are listening, all those that are watching. And thank you all for being a part of this conversation right here on the Focus on Greatness. Talk with y'all later. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I pray that this conversation was impactful to you in some form of way. What I want to make sure is that not only are you hearing and learning this information, but that you're taking the time to apply something, some nugget, some, some piece that you took from this conversation that you can say, I can apply this for my life to be better. I want you to continue to be with me and make sure that you're with me every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I love you all, and I'll talk to you next time, right here on the Focus on Greatness family. Bye-bye.